faith is confidence in God that He'll do for us what He said He will do. This message is the eighth in the series, Life. The message is entitled, Building a Foundation of Faith, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we continue our series of messages. We've been talking about the importance of life, the value of life, the elements associated with the kind of life that Jesus calls us to live, the kind of life that Jesus promises to us. Jesus made a very important statement in John chapter 10, verse 10. He made this declaration, the thief comes, speaking of the devil, to steal and kill and destroy. That is, when you live under the auspices, the influence of the adversary, the devil, then you're going to experience life being stolen from you and you being killed in certain ways, if you will, not having the kind of life that you need and things being destroyed in your life. But Jesus then made this statement, I have come, I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. When Jesus used the word life there, that very significant word, I came that you might have life, he was speaking far more than just about far more than just biological life. He was not talking about just life, living here on the planet, having breath and living as we know of in terms of biology, but he actually reached into the Greek language and pulled out a unique word. It was the word Zoe. I came that you might have Zoe. I came that you might have life. And that word Zoe in the Greek language means far more than just biological life. It refers to a life that is fulfilled and a life that is fruitful. Jesus said, I came so your life could be really fulfilled. You can have and experience all that I've planned for you, and I want your life, your life to be fruitful. I want you to bear fruit with your life, something that lasts. Just like natural life requires certain essentials to live our biological life, you need air, you need water, you need food. There are elements that are required for you to live and exist just physically. The same is true in the spiritual realm. If you and I are going to have the Zoe kind of life, there are certain things that are necessary, certain things that we're looking at in this series together. We have to have love, the love of God inside of us. See, life is not really life without love. And so you need God's love in your own heart, in your own life, and flowing through you to the people around you. You need to be inspired with a sense of purpose, that you know that God called you on purpose. There's a reason for your being. And so real life is found with inspirational purpose for your life. Life is found, Zoe, the Zoe kind of life is found when you begin to demonstrate real faith in God, a confidence in God, and then life is experienced, the Zoe kind of life is experienced when you begin to engage yourself in serving God and serving others in a meaningful way. And so life is far more than just an existence. There's something that God has for you to experience and to do with your life. We've talked about the love of God and the importance of that when it comes to life. We've talked about being inspired with purpose. And in this particular section of the series, we're talking about faith, the importance of faith. You cannot have a real kind of life, the Jesus kind of life, without having faith. You need faith alive inside of you. So what I want to do today is talk to you about three kinds of faith, the three dimensions of faith that you need to understand related to this whole idea of the Zoe kind of life and how you can develop it in your own spiritual journey. The first thing you must understand is what faith is. And so faith is defined very simply as confidence in God. That's what faith is, confidence in God. Say it with me. Faith is confidence in God. The Bible gives us this very clear definition in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible itself defines faith for us. 
To have faith, that is to experience faith. To be a person of faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and to be certain of the things we cannot see. To be sure of the things we hope for. So faith involves a certainty, a confidence, we might say, in God that guarantees that we possess things that we're hoping for. See, faith moves beyond just a hope you have for your life and the recognition that what I hope for, God is able to do and accomplish in my life and certain of things that we cannot see. And so we must come to this place of realizing that I have confidence in God. I am absolutely sure that God exists. I'm sure that God, by His grace and power, can fulfill everything He's promised to fulfill in my life. So what does it mean to have confidence in God? Let me give you here five things that are essential when it comes to having confidence in God. To have confidence in God, first of all, means you have confidence in the nature of God, that you never doubt God's nature. The nature of a person describes who and what they are. And someone who is consistent in their nature is someone you can trust. If someone is inconsistent in their nature, you can't trust them. If they're one thing one day and something else another day, you can't trust them. And so God is consistent in his nature. And because he is consistent in his nature, you and I can have confidence in him. What is the nature of God? The nature of God is love. God is always love. The nature of God is goodness. God is always good. The nature of God is that God is righteous. There's never a time that he's not righteous. God is always just. We have the confidence that God will never stop loving us because it is his nature to love. We have the confidence that God will always be good to us because his nature is goodness. We have the confidence that God will always do the right thing when it comes to our life because his nature is righteous. We have the confidence that God will always do what is just because by his very nature, he is just. And so to have confidence in God is to be confident that God is always loving, he's always good, he's always righteous, he's always just, he's always compassionate, he never changes. There's not a single day that God's gonna be any different than he is today because his nature is consistent. You can have confidence in his nature. The second thing that faith involves is confidence in God's word, confidence in God's nature, confidence in God's word. See, faith cannot be disconnected from a word, what people say. If people say things that they don't deliver on, can you have faith in them? Of course not. And so real faith is connected to what somebody says. And so I have confidence in someone because what they say to me, they are willing to deliver on. And that's true from the standpoint of God, that whatever God says to you, he will always deliver on. His word never fails. His word is always true. He always will tell you the truth by his word, and you can trust the com- and have confidence in the word that God speaks. He communicates to us something that is solid and something that is reliable. You can be confident. Your faith says, I'm confident in God's nature. I'm confident in God's word. And number three, I'm confident in God's integrity. God is a God of integrity. Integrity means that there's a wholeness to something, that you can have confidence in it because it is, again, unchanging. It is something that you can count on, that what God says he will do, he will do. He can be completely relied upon because God cannot lie. God will not lie and God cannot lie because God is truth. The very nature of God is that he has integrity. And so someone of integrity delivers on the things that they declare through their words and through their actions. The fourth thing that you need to have confidence in is God's ability. It's one thing to make a promise. It's another thing to have the ability to deliver on that promise. I could promise you today a million dollars, but I couldn't deliver on it. You could promise someone a lot of different things, but you may not have the ability. You may be, in fact, genuine in the desire to establish or to give a promise to someone, but 
what needs to come beyond just the promise is the actual ability to deliver on the promise. And what we must realize today is that our faith in God includes the fact that we believe that God is able to do whatever He promises to do, that nothing is impossible with God and nothing is too hard for God. Do you hear that this morning? Would you say, amen, I believe that that God, nothing is too hard for him and nothing is impossible with him, that he has the ability to do everything that he says. And then the fifth thing that confidence in God involves is belief in, absolute surety of his availability. Let me talk about this just for a moment. That God not only has a consistent nature, he not only speaks a very right and true word to us, he's not only a God of integrity, ability, but he's also a God of availability. It means that I have confidence when I call upon God, he hears me. When I call upon God, he responds to me. When I call upon God, he is there for every need in my life. And there's a confidence that wherever you are, whatever you're going through in your life right now, as dark as it might seem to you, as challenging as your circumstances might be, there's a God in heaven who is listening to the cry of your heart. God is available to you. This is what faith is all about. It's confidence in God's nature. It's confident in confidence in God's word. It is confidence in God's integrity. It is confidence in God's ability. It is confidence in God's availability to you. The second thing I'd like to share with you this morning, what is faith all about? Faith is something that changes the way we think and it changes the way we live. Faith is not a, a dead thing. Faith is not just some ethereal thing. Faith actually has a practical impact upon your life. When you have faith, your life changes. When you have faith, your thinking changes. When you have faith, something is different about you. See, people of faith are different than people who don't have faith. People of faith live differently and they think differently. And I wanted to share with you this, this morning some things that are the benefits of having faith. How does faith change the way you think? How does faith change the way you live? We know what faith is, right? Faith is confidence in God. But how does confidence in God change the way you think? How does it change the way you live? Let's look at these 10 things together. First of all, faith is powerful because it challenges the status quo of your life. All of us as human beings like to settle into what is comfortable. We like to just get into that little comfort zone of our life and that little routine of our life, and that routine often becomes a rut, becomes just a small little place that we live, and God comes along by his word. He begins to challenge us to a bigger kind of life. I think all of us perhaps in our journey with God have had moments when we felt God calling us out of our little world into a larger world, breaking the status quo of our life, challenging us to get bigger in the way that we think and bigger in the way that we live, breaking us out of the comfort zones of life. That's why 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 reminds us of what faith does when God speaks and says, so pre prepare your minds for action. God says, when I show up in your world, I'm going to call you to a different kind of action. Faith does this for us. It puts your life in action. It breaks you out of the comfort zone. If you've been living in your comfort zone, you've not been stretching your life, it means that your faith is not active. Faith always stretches you beyond your status quo and your comfort zone. Second, of all, second thing that faith does to you. How does it change the way you think and live? It actually enables you to overcome insecurity and fear. Every person today that I'm talking to in this place, all of our campuses, those who are listening to this message, I want to bring us all to a point of commonality today. And the common human condition is that every one of us have fears and every one of us have insecurities. There's not a single one of us here that's not facing some kind of fear in your life and some kind of insecurity. It's the natural condition of our human nature. 
And fear and insecurity will drive you into that small place. Fear and insecurity will draw very tight boundaries around your life. Fear and insecurity will keep you from venturing beyond what you're comfortable with. Fear and insecurity will cause you to live within yourself and live within very tight boundaries. And so one of the practical aspects of faith is it brings to, brings to us a, a challenge beyond our fears. It doesn't mean that we don't have fear anymore. It gives us something that helps us to overcome fear. See, to overcome fear, you need something more powerful than fear. I'm here to tell you today the thing that is more powerful than fear is faith. Faith always conquers fear. Faith helps you to overcome fear. Faith helps you to overcome the insecurities of your life. Faith is like that air that lifts that balloon above your circumstances and say, you know what, I'm afraid, but I'm going forward anyway. Joshua, as he led the children of Israel into the promised land after Moses had died, you can read about this in, 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 in Joshua chapter 1. God speaks to Joshua and says, you know what? You've got a big task, but don't be afraid. I am with you. I will lead you every place you put your foot. I will help you to conquer. And there in that moment, the fear that Joshua had was overcome by a call to faith in his life. God calls us to faith that helps us to conquer our insecurities and our fears. Number three, faith challenges or changes, I should say, our outlook on life. You know, sometimes our outlook on life is not very positive. Sometimes our outlook on life is very limited. We think about what we don't have and what life is dealing us in terms of the hard aspects of life and the challenging things that we might be going through. But faith comes along and it actually begins to transform the way you think about life. It changes you from a negative person to a positive person. Every person I've ever seen who's been on a genuine journey of faith in their life no matter how negative they started out in their personality over a period of time, faith changes your negativity into a positive outlook on life. Because how could you not have a positive outlook on life when you know and have confidence in God's nature and confidence in God's word and confidence in God's integrity and confidence in God's ability and confidence in God's availability? How could you not be positive about your future and about your life? And that's what faith does. It begins to change this mindset that we have so often that is, that is pessimistic and that is negative in nature. And God begins to say, let me paint a bright future for you. Let me help you to see something that you're not seeing right now. Let me help you to see that you're going from glory to glory, that you're moving beyond what you're in right now to something that's better, that your best is yet to come. The fourth thing that faith does is it motivates us to obey God. Faith is vital because faith is what causes obedience in your life. I'll say that again. Faith is what causes obedience in your life. So you might obey God out of fear. Well, I've got to obey Him because I'm not sure what God will do to me if I don't obey Him. Well, that's one level of obedience, but it's not the highest level of obedience. The highest level of obedience is to obey God because you believe what God says is right. And so if you believe that what God says is right, you will want to obey Him from the heart. So obedience becomes an expression of your faith. It becomes something that you demonstrate by doing what God says. When you believe God, you will do what He says to do, not because you have to, but because you believe it's the best thing in life. You trust Him. You have confidence that if God says, this is the way I want you to live, you say, I believe that, I'm going to live a according to your rules, according to your commands. You live in obedience because of your faith. Number five, faith gives us internal fortitude. What's going to keep you going when you're tired? What's going to keep you focused when you're distressed? What's going to cause you to continue the fight when the going gets tough? There's only one thing that will do 
all that you need to do in those categories for you, that's faith. Faith is a thing that'll keep you going when you're tired. Faith is a thing that'll keep you focused when you're distressed. Faith is, faith is that very thing that will cause you to continue the fight when it's going tough and you simply wanna give up. Faith is the only thing that can make you persist and be persistent in life because I will tell you, life will many times issue you a resignation paper. I'm just gonna give up. I'm gonna throw everything in. I'm gonna throw the towel into the ring and say, I'm done with this thing. But faith says, no, you can't. You've gotta keep going. Faith gives you something on the inside that gives you the ability to press through. It's confidence in God. And then number six, faith connects us to God's promises and God's power. Aren't you glad for faith this morning? Faith does all these things for you. It connects you to the promises of God, to the power of God. I like to think of the promises of God like a lamp in your life. Think about it that way. You've got this lamp, beautiful light that can shine. But a lamp has no ability to shine without it being connected to a power source. A beautiful electric lamp, whatever the lamp might be, whatever the power source of the lamp might be, it will not shine unless it's connected to an energy source, the ability for it to actually produce the light. And so the promise of God comes into your life, promises through His Word come into your life like a potential lamp to light up your life, but you have to plug in the lamp, and the way you plug in the lamp is by your faith. That says, I believe that that promise is for me, and when you attach your faith to the promise of God, there is something supernatural that happens. That lamp becomes real in your life. It lights up your life. It lights up your future. God has designed His promises to light up the future of your life. How do I walk into my future? I walk into my future by knowing the promises of God. When I know His promise and I attach my faith to His promise, I can walk into my future. But to be able to walk into the future God has for you based upon promises, you need to know them. If you don't know the promise of God, it's never going to be of any benefit to you. That's why you need to know your Bible. Knowing your Bible gives you the capacity to begin to discover the promise of God. One thing I would challenge you to do as a part of your spiritual journey is you're reading your Bible. Always look for the promises of God when you're reading your Bible. Because that promise is a lamp that will, that will move you forward if you will attach your faith to it. When you're going through a very difficult time and you're wondering, how am I going to handle this situation? You grab hold of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that lights up your capacity to move forward. When you don't have enough in life, it seems like your supply is running short. You grab hold of Philippians 4, 19. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. You attach your faith to that promise. It lights up the way for your future. When you're overwhelmed by fear, as we talked about a few moments ago, you grab hold of the scripture that says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So I grab hold of that promise. I attach my faith to it. It moves me forward into my future. It lights up my pathway so I can walk effectively with God and into my future. Number seven. Faith transforms our perspective. Some of the most common words that we use in life are words like, I can't, it won't happen, I don't think it will ever come to pass, can't, won't, will not, cannot. 
These are words that we commonly use, and they reflect, again, our outlook on life. They reflect the way we view our world. They reflect the mindset that we have. But when you and I begin to grab hold of faith, it changes our vocabulary. It changes our perspective. Instead of saying, I can't, we start saying, I can. Instead of saying, it won't, we begin to declare, it will. Instead of saying, I don't believe it's going to happen, you begin to say, I do believe it's going to happen. It changes the vocabulary of your life based upon the outlook of your future. Faith confronts and enlarges our perspective in all areas of life. It gives you the ability to see what can be done instead of what can't be done, what is possible instead of what is impossible, how great things are versus how terrible things are. It, It enlarges your world in a very significant way. Number eight, faith helps us to help other people. People of faith are equipped to help people who get stuck in life. You know, it's wonderful when you have a friend who has some faith, right? And when you're going through a tough time and you get that person into your life and you begin to say, you know what, I I need your faith. I need you to strengthen me. And there's an impartation that's given to us by the strength and faith of someone else. Well, God not only wants to bring people like that into your world, he wants you to be that kind of person to someone else a person that carries faith with you so that other people can experience what you're experiencing with God. There's a story in the Bible of four men who had a paralyzed friend who needed to get to Jesus. And these four men had faith that if they could get this man to Jesus, he would be whole. And so they brought him to the house where Jesus was, and, and the crowd was so intense in the house that they could not get in. But these four men had enough faith that said, you know, let's go to the rooftop, and let's tear a hole in the roof, and let's lower him down into the presence of Jesus, because our faith says that this man can get better. We believe that he will get cured if we can simply get him into the presence of Jesus. Now, I don't think this paralyzed man had much faith, but his four friends did. And in life, you need to be one of those four friends to other people that carries faith for others. Number nine, faith prompts us to pray. When you have faith, you begin to be a praying person because you cannot cannot dissect prayer from faith and faith from prayer. When you have faith, you will pray. If you are struggling in your prayer life, perhaps it's because you've lost a dimension of your faith. You haven't nurtured your faith. Because if you believe the words of Jesus, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. If you believe the words of Jesus that say, ask and you will, help me out, receive, seek and you will, find, knock and the door will be opened. If you believe that, what will you do? You will ask, you will seek, and you will knock. Now, if you don't believe that God's going to answer when you ask or, 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 or be found when you seek or open doors when you knock, if you don't believe that, then you'll do very little asking or seeking or knocking. But when you have faith and, and have confidence in God, it begins to change your prayer life. You're willing to ask God for things. You're willing to seek God in ways like you've never sought Him before. You're, you're willing to knock on the door of heaven to invite Him to work in your life. So faith transforms your prayer life. It causes your prayer life to come alive. If you're struggling in your prayer life, you need to work on your faith. In just a moment, I'll tell you how to do that. Then finally, faith encourages us when we have to wait. Sometimes in life, you just have to wait on things. And what keeps you going whenever you're waiting on something? What keeps you going when you're having to wait on it is the faith that if I wait long enough, God will accomplish what he said he's going to do. Faith keeps you going when the waiting season is long. And life 
And the promises of God involve waiting. They don't always happen immediately. I would encourage you to study your Bible and notice how many times the Scripture refers to waiting upon the Lord, waiting upon the Lord, waiting upon the Lord. You can't wait upon God without faith that God's going to eventually do something in your life. As most of you know, we just got back from Israel, a tremendous trip that we had. Let me encourage you, by the way, to be here in the month of July because we're going to bring you some teachings from Israel that you don't want to miss. A great time to bring some friends as a part of this as well. We had a fantastic trip to Israel. And one of the things that we always do when we go to Israel is I take folks to, into the old city of Jerusalem. We go to the Church of St. Anne, and right beside the Church of St. Anne is the Pool of Bethesda. The ruins are still there of the Pool of Bethesda, recorded in John chapter 5. It's amazing to go to that particular site. Let me quickly tell you the story of John chapter 5 because it really relates to the point I'm sharing with you today, the faith that keeps you waiting on God. The Bible says that Jesus came to that pool one day and he found a man there who had been sick in his condition for 38 years. Think about this. For 38 long years, this man had no, no cure for his life. He tried to get in the pool. The waters of the pool of Bethesda were known to have healing capacity. And so he tried and tried again to get in. No one was there to help him. And so he has suffered for 38 years. Would you agree that 38 years is a long time to deal with the problem? That's a long time to deal with something in your life. It's a long time to be facing something that you, you can't seem to overcome. It's almost four decades. That's at least a half of a life. Half of a lifetime. He's been waiting on something to transpire, and nothing has happened. But that day, Jesus showed up in his world. I believe that perhaps he had been over the years calling upon God, asking for help, and he'd been waiting for his moment, and it had never come. But that day, Jesus showed up. So you never know the day Jesus is going to show up in your life. You never know the day that Jesus is going to show up in the problem that you're facing. So faith says, I'm going to hold up. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. It's what keeps me going in the midst of my waiting time. The third thing I'd like to share with you today about faith is faith is confidence in God. Faith has benefits in your life. Faith accomplishes, changes the way you think, changes the way you live. And the third thing is very encouraging for all of us. Faith is something that is growable in your life. So many times I've had people say to me, Pastor, I wish I had more faith. I don't seem to have a lot of faith. I wish I had more faith. And I think the enemy tries to discourage us and, and tell us that we don't have faith when in reality we do. Every person this morning in this place and all of our campuses, those watching online, you have faith already in your life. You have faith. You would not even be listening had it not been for faith already in your heart. So you are a person of faith. Faith is already there. And faith is like a muscle. Everybody has it. Every one of you today, you have muscles in your life. They may be in very bad condition, but you have muscles, okay? You all have muscles on your body right now. You have upper body muscles and lower body muscles. You've got muscles on your body. All, you are a potential champion, strong man, strong woman. The problem is we haven't developed those muscles. We haven't given them much attention. And so it's true in the physical realm. And what is true in the physical realm is also true in the spiritual realm. Faith is a muscle. You have faith. Would you say with me right now, I have faith? Just like you have muscles, you already have faith. They may not be in very good, it may not be in very good condition, but you have faith in your life right now. There's already a faith that is there. So the issue for us is not do we have faith, is what is the condition of our faith? 
And faith is something that is growable. Faith is something that is developable, we might say. Faith is something that can move from where it is right now in its weakest condition into something that becomes stronger and stronger over a period of time. But you and I need to do some things that will strengthen and grow our faith muscles. Let me quickly share with you four things that you've got to do to grow your faith. Anybody want greater faith in your life? We see all the benefits that faith does for us. We see what faith is. But how about you and me? Do we, do, we, do we have it? Are we going to grow in it? Number one, the first thing that's essential if you're going to be a person of faith is you've got to decide to be a person of faith. This is a decision. It's a choice that you make to say, you know what? Going forward from this day, I choose to be a person of faith. That means that when you're faced with situations in life that would cause you to doubt or believe, you're going to lean on the side of believing. If there's a problem that is so big in your life that you wonder, will I ever get past this? You step into the mold of say, the, the mode of saying, I'm going to choose to think and to live by faith. I decide to be a person of faith. I'm not going to let things in my life overwhelm me and overcome me. I choose to walk in faith. See, every day, every day, every day you come to crossroads that challenge your faith. If you're not careful, the challenges of your faith can drive you in the direction of saying, yeah, I'm not sure I can believe or trust God for this. Or you say, I choose to trust and believe God for this. But you make the decision, I choose to be a person of faith. Would you say those words with me? I choose to be a person of faith. It's a choice that you and I make. The second thing that is necessary, you choose. You starting today, I'm saying, you know what? I don't care where my faith is, how strong it might be. I choose to be a person of faith. And the second thing you must do is invest in your faith development. If you want your muscles to get bigger, what must you do? It takes far more than just buying a gym subscription, okay? You can buy it. You can, buy, you can go buy the nicest workout outfit in the world. I mean, it can be like really classy. Go to Neiman Marcus and buy one if you want to, Okay. Buy the fanciest shoes you want in the world. You buy all those things and just sit on the couch and you'll still be without any kind of strength. Okay. So what I'm talking about is not the investment of the externals. I'm talking about the investment of the hard work. See, to build your muscles, you have to put some work in. And the same is true with faith. There's no faith unless we make deposits and investments in our faith. You've got to grow your faith. You've got to develop your faith. You've got to invest in it. And Romans 10, 17 describes how we invest in our faith. Notice Romans 10, 17. Would you read it together with me? And it's all aloud and loudly. It's going to be on the screens for us. Let's read together all campuses. So faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ. So faith comes from what? Say it with me again. Faith comes from? Where does faith come from? Faith comes from? Hearing. Hearing what? The bad news every day on, the, on, on television? All the bad news on the internet sites that you read? All the comments of everybody that puts you down and drive you in a negative direction? Faith comes by hearing, but what kind of hearing? See, it matters what you're hearing. Because if you're not hearing the right things, then what's going to happen is instead of building your faith, it's going to diminish your faith. And so you've got to make a choice about what you're going to hear. You've got to tune certain things out and tune certain things in. Are you with me today? 
You can't tune in the bad and tune out the good and expect your faith to grow. You've got to tune in the good and tune out the bad. So faith comes by hearing, okay? Hearing what? The Word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Let's simplify it just for a moment. So faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Every time you hear God's Word, you're actually receiving an impartation of faith. What's happening today in this environment as I'm teaching you God's Word, your faith is being built up. Now, you may build up your faith in this, this environment today and go out and then tune out what you've heard, and so it's not going to be lasting for you, or you can go out of this place and you can continue to nurture what you've heard today, and it'll build your faith. But faith comes by hearing, by what you hear and the proclamation of the Word, but also by what you hear when you study the Word, because every time you open up the Bible, it's not just pages on a book. There's a Spirit of God behind the pages on that book. Are you hearing me today? Okay. The author of the book is talking to you every time you read. Every time you read the pages of the Bible, the Spirit of the living God, the third person of the Trinity, is talking to you through the pages of Scripture, but you've got to hear and if you'll listen in to the voice of the Spirit through the Word of God, what He's trying to instruct you with, then faith comes by hearing, by hearing the proclaimed Word of God, by hearing the Word of God as you read it and meditate upon it. But you need to get the Word in you because the Word in you will create greater faith from you and around you and as a part of you. You need the Word. Dear ones, can I just say something to all of us today? Just a quick reminder, not a condemning statement, but a quick reminder. You need to choose what you're going to tune out and what you're going to tune into. Okay? Every day of your life, you've got to choose what am I going to tune out, what am I going to tune in, because what you tune out and tune in will determine the level of faith in your life. The third thing that is essential, faith is growable. How do you grow it? You've got to expose yourself to the right influences. There are influences that build faith and influences that undermine faith. You need a supportive environment for your faith-filled relationships. It'll help you develop your faith. Be a person who is seeking the right kind of relationships. You, know, if you need to surround yourself with some people who have what you want. Okay? If you want your faith to be stronger, don't surround yourself with people whose faith is weaker. Okay? Surround yourself with, with people whose faith is stronger. You need to get some people in your life. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, I won't take time to read it for you. You can go there and read it on your own. But Paul, as he's writing to the church at Rome, he, he writes to them and says, I can't wait. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, here. He says, basically, I can't wait to get to you guys. Because when I get to you guys, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to strengthen your faith, and you're going to strengthen my faith. There's a mutual strengthening of faith that we have with one another. You need to surround yourself with people who will make your faith stronger, and you can make their faith stronger. That there's a mutual support of that. Now... That means you've got to separate yourself from people who are draining faith from you. You can't completely separate yourself from people that are draining faith, but there's some people that are in your life that can show up. I mean, they can come in and just about five seconds depress you, right? Just by all the negativity they bring into your world. So you've got to make choices about the relationships of your life so that you're surrounding yourself with people of faith. That's why it's important when you're in the church, when you're involved in a, in a local church, that you really get involved. You build relationships with people. You don't just come and attend, but you get connected. You start serving. You get in a group somewhere. Because when you do that, you're starting to build relationships that will help strengthen your faith. Now, not everyone that claims to be a Christian is healthy, okay? 
Not everyone that claims to be a Christian is going to help you grow your faith. So you still have to be selective, but you need this part of your life. Last thing, and with this we're going to be done. How do you build your faith? How do you grow it? Write it down. Use it. Don't lose it. Every time an opportunity for faith comes up, you can put faith in motion. When a challenge, a problem comes your way, instead of choosing unbelief, choose faith. When a difficult situation happens to you, you choose faith instead of unbelief. You make the choice. I'll tell you something about faith. There is no online course for faith. You can't just go to the online course. Faith happens in the real world. Faith happens when you're facing stuff every day. Faith happens in the real time, real life world when you make the choices, as we talked about a few moments ago, to say, you know what? Whatever's going on, I choose to believe God. Why? Because I'm confident in who God is. I know that God by his word and power is going to change by faith the way that I think and the way that I live. And I'm choosing to grow in faith. Why is this essential? Because you can't have, listen, you can't have real life without faith. Because the opposite of faith is unbelief. And unbelief will steal from you and kill you and destroy you. But faith will make you stronger. It will give you a fulfilled life. It will give you a fruitful life. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, thank you so much this morning for the opportunity we've had to, to come around your word, to study the topic of faith. Lord, so many times in life we have failed that test of faith, but Lord, we want to come to you today and Lord, reaffirm the fact that we are believers in you, that our faith is in you, our confidence is in you, God. And Lord, today we come realizing that as we begin to develop our faith, Lord, that it's going to change the way we think and change the way, way that we live. And Lord, we're making a decision today to, to be people of faith, to invest in our faith journey, to do those things that are necessary that will cause us to use faith so we don't lose it in our life. So God, take this message and seal it in our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us be faith-filled people experiencing the Zoe kind of life that you've called us to experience. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. 
your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.